I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This show is being dedicated to the memory of Tommy Johnson Sr. I'm Tommy Johnson Jr., and this is The Skinny. From the Batheads Eyewear Studios in Speedway, Indiana, this is The Skinny. Brought to you by Toyota, Rhino Classifieds, General Tire, and Dream Giveaway. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by General Tire. The summer is quickly approaching, and General Tire wants to put some money back in your pockets. Because now through April 30th, 2021, with the purchase of four new qualifying General Tire passenger tires, you'll receive up to a $70 Visa prepaid card. Choose from the summer ultra-high performance G-Max RS, the all-season ultra-high performance G-Max AS05, and the all-season touring Ultimax RT43 lines. Prepare to prove that anywhere is possible this summer with General Tire. For more information, visit GeneralTire.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Skinny. Ken Stout and Rico Elmore back in the studio once again. And a very special guest will join us. Has been behind the wheel since he was 15 years old. And just one day ago, celebrated his 53rd birthday. Tommy Johnson Jr. in the house. Tommy, thanks, buddy, for coming over here. Did I get that right, by the way, 53? Yeah, unfortunately you did, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just yesterday, I, I I had a hard time getting up out of bed yesterday. So, yes, it was obviously 53. <laughs> a little harder than the day before, anyway. I sure feel a like year it. older. I get it. Great to have you with us, man. Uh, you've been racing for a long, long time and at the highest levels. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a long career. You know, it's a, everybody says, you know, Man, you're, you've been around a long time. You're old. I said, I'm not old. I'm just experienced. You know, I've been doing this a long time. And, uh, you know, it started when I was like 15 years old and, and racing the, my first national event in Gainesville, Florida in 1984 and just 
kept working my way up through all the ranks and uh, was able to make a career out of it. You know, it's uh, just I've had a good time, you know, I mean, been able to uh, race your entire life and never really having a job. It seemed like just always uh, it was it was more of a passion that I had and then got paid to do it. Yeah, not a guy coming from huge wealth. You talked about starting at 15, and you started off in the 990 class. You were running super gas and then 890 class and super comp, so you literally did work your way up through the classes into alcohol and then eventually into fuel. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually started when I was 8 years old. Uh, they didn't have junior dragsters like they do now for the kids. We had a bunch of us kids at the track, and we had mini bikes, and we were riding around the pits, and they were afraid we were going to get hit. You know, they somebody's going to hit you in the pits, so we're going to let you race them. You can't ride them in the pits, but you can race them on the tracks. So really? I started when I was eight years old and uh, started racing uh, mini bikes, and so they brought you guys out on the track. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. I've never heard this story. That's yeah. awesome. It's a great idea. Yeah. And then and that was when the hook was set. You know, helmets or no helmets? <laughs> oh yeah, I had to have a helmet. You know, okay, I mean, just checking. It was yeah. back in the day. Helmet wasn't well, as true. big a deal as it is now. <laughs> <laughs> had to have a leather jacket and a helmet. That's all you had to have. And uh, yeah, I raced bikes until I was about. Uh, well, 13, 14 years old, and then transferred into a car, bracket raced at a local track, and, you know, did it the right way, the grassroots, worked my way up, you know, uh, ran a bracket car, then super gas, and just, just kept working my way up in little faster cars, and uh, fortunately had a little family support that my dad, he also raced when I first started, but then decided that uh, it was time for me to take over, and uh, here's your keys, and go. So uh, were you very mechanical as well? Were you hands-on when it came to working on the car? You know, in the early days, I wasn't. I didn't, I didn't know... My dad never taught me how to do it. You know, I was always in the garage and watched, but uh, then uh, he, he would be at work and the car was broke, so somebody had to fix it, and I, <laughs> I learned how to do it really fast. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, became very mechanically hands-on after that, and we didn't have the big budget, so we didn't have a big crew, so somebody had to get the work done. So, uh, yeah, I drove the truck. Uh, when I raced top fuel. I drove the semi to the races, uh, did the clutch in between runs, drove the car, Everybody left. It seemed like we had volunteer crew. They all left and went home on the plane, and I drove the truck back home and serviced everything in between races myself and then showed up the track again. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, But that was the car. You won a 93, right? Yeah. With a, yep. with a Mopar uh, Connect, right? Yeah, Mopar Dragster. It was our family top fuel car, and our budget was about, uh, oh, not even a quarter of the other team. So uh, we were just you know trying to do our best out there, make the whole tour, and we're able to pull off a couple wins in that car, so it was kind of neat to uh, see the underfunded guys uh, to beat the big big boys and uh, kind of set the tone from you know that that helped me uh, along the way in my career. Scrapping away with a family car, man, it's uh, you just I mean it, you hear of family cars now, but it's a it's a whole different atmosphere. It's got big big money behind it, or you're really not playing the game, but. Back then, there were some some family teams that that were still hanging in there. Yeah, you you could survive. You know, I mean, you, you we weren't super competitive all the time. And in, I mean, I did finish top ten in the points. You know, most of the years we had our own family team, but it was a it was a huge battle to uh, take on the big funded teams, and and we were able to pull it off. And and uh, you know, my dad did all the talking, and then was get a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, and uh, kept us going to each race and. And uh, it was a good run. I think we had our own family top fuel team for about 10 years. So it was, uh, it was, it's, it was a lot of good memories, you know. I mean, it was a tremendous amount of work. You know, I so look back it, at it now, and I, what, I wouldn't do that now. Were, yeah. you, were you running it out of the gate, or was your dad in it first, or how did that all? Uh, no, my dad never. My dad raced the pro stock a little bit back in the early 70s, had a real bad wreck, and then went back to just basically sportsman racing and, and doing that. So 
When we went to Top Fuel, I mean, uh, we had zero experience in Top Fuel. We we, we actually great. bought an alcohol funny car first, because right. and uh, we thought we could do that affordably, and uh, did pretty good. I think I finished third in the points that year. Won won my first national event uh, in an alcohol funny car, and then when I wanted to go fuel, I mean, who who doesn't want to go nitro racing? You want to go faster, right? And they were having a tremendous amount of fires in funny cars at the time. The guys were getting burned up, and and it was bad time for funny car fires and. My dad says, well, we'll go nitro, but you're not getting in a funny car. You're going to a dragster. So that's how I ended up in the top fuel car instead of a funny car. You, you would think you would race an alcohol dragster, then go to top fuel. But I ran an alcohol funny car and went to top fuel and just because of the fires. So uh, so what was the fires about? What was that? Well, back in the day, they, it was right when they were before the carbon fiber bodies. They had fiberglass bodies on them. They didn't have the fireproof paint underneath of them. You throw the rods out of it, catches the body on fire, and the thing burns to the ground. I mean, there's nothing left but ash when it's done. And guys were they had the brilliance of them make these cars light and fast where they have a lot of magnesium panels on the car well they've made the seats out of magnesium well the mag once it starts burning doesn't stop so guys were getting burned up in the car because of the magnesium seats and the no fire protection on the bodies and wow it's amazing that they did this you know and the bodies stayed on the car at the time they didn't blow off break away and i mean so the guys were just housed inside of this inferno yeah rarely would you see the body come off back then and you know they kicked the rods out and have a big oil fire and the next thing you know the things at the top end of the track burning to the ground the guy's still in there i think that's when force came up with that whole fresh air concept uh, to keep some of the fumes out some of the smoke out it, 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 I tell you, though, I've had several funny car fires since then, but uh, the, it's kind of funny. The first fire I ever had in a funny car, 99, I switched over and started driving funny cars. And uh, first fire, I see the thing blows up, has a fire, and you got these little windows in the dash so you can see if the engine's on fire. I see flame in them, and I'm grabbing those bottles as fast as I can, man. Get that thing out. And I'm like, they're like, that wasn't a very big fire. I'm like, I don't care. It was on fire, you know? So, <laughs> so this. Now we got a big mess. Yeah, well, then you do it for a few years, and I'm like, it blows up. And you see a fire, I go, eh, it's not that well, bad. Well, now you're thinking about yeah. the crew guy in the back of your mind, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get yelled at again. <laughs> yeah, well, like, these bottles cost money. Well, okay. I'm like, yeah, it's not too bad. It'll, be, it'll go out, you know? Yeah, but, uh, right. but yeah, the fresh air system in the funny car fires, the biggest problem is the fumes. It's not really the fire that all the fires I've had. I've never had any problem with fire. It's you can't breathe. You know the toxic fumes, the carbon or, or the oil, and everything's burning. And uh, it, it definitely helps give you a little more time to breathe. It, it uh, gets rid of some of those fumes. It uh, helps keep the smoke away from you. And um, I had one really pretty good fire, and and uh, the the air system did pretty well. But uh, right before it was stopped, I said it was time to go. So I unbuckled and out I came. It was. I think I got her slowed to about 15, 20 miles an hour, but it was, it was time. It was time to go. I'm almost surprised that they didn't work in, uh, and I know they have better, better ways of doing it now, but uh, because the drag boat guys have been doing it for so long, I'm almost surprised they didn't work in the fresh air system that they put in, that the drag boat guys use, because clearly they do the same thing. They <laughs> blow up, catch on fire, and then they sink. Yeah. So uh, they've got to have a way to live. And, and the, the breathing apparatus inside of that helmet is all sealed off so that they have uh, good oxygen the entire time. Yeah, at least you're on pavement. I mean, you don't sink. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're s- still sitting there. Yeah, I mean, you help keep your glasses from fogging up as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I've learned a few tricks in my day on that. Yeah. So 2007, speaking of fires, um, I think you're at Englishtown, qualify number one. Round one, burn the car to the ground, and the guys thrash for 75 minutes, get one back together. You come back, win the next couple of rounds, and, and, and win the race, man. Talk to me about that event. Yeah, that was the fire I was talking about. Yeah, that was a, it, was a, it was weird because, you know, we, we weren't having big fires and funny cars. And 
won first round and it blew up right to the finish line. I'm like, whoa, I put the bottles on and it just, it wouldn't go out. It just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I finally bailed out of the thing and tried to get the body up, but it was, it, it, it folded when I got it up, but it, it, it shouldn't have happened. We should not have made the next round. The guys, and luckily I had a, a tremendous team, a group of guys that were like no other in the pits and they had everything made spare already, ready to go. They, they kind of planned for this, you know, worst case scenario, and we just buckled, bolted a new car together between runs. I had to put new seatbelts in it. It was burned so bad. It burned the seatbelts out of it, you know? And it, it was just, it was amazing we made that run, made the next round. And then it's kind of a funny story that we had to race. I can't remember. I think it was Whit Baysmore. And his guys told him, hey, just don't do anything stupid. They're, you know, they, they thrashed and put this car back together. Something probably going to leak or it's not going to work right. They're just going up there to try to get you to screw up. I think we went out and set low ET of the whole race day that next run, you know. And he, I heard his comment was, I thought you said it wasn't going to make it, you know. And, and uh, yeah, then we went to the, uh, you know, the uh, next round, and, and I think I won on a whole shot and then beat Tony Pettergon in the final. I mean, it's just a – it was the ultimate win. You never should come back from that fire and made it to the next round, and, and we went on to win the race that day. And it, it was a tribute to the team. I mean, it was an incredible job they did. With Snake, right? Yeah, it was with Don Perdome Racing, Snake Racing, and uh, – it was it was really cool, and it was kind of neat. There was three or four other teams that came over from other teams to help us, and they just kind of said, "Well, it looks like you're okay. We'll stand back, you know." And they they pitched in a little bit, but it was pretty cool that the the guys it, you shouldn't be able to put a car together in seventy five. So takes, Donnie it takes ben, them a week in the shop, you yeah, know. Right. <laughs> now Snake knows that it can be done in seventy five minutes. He's like, "What the hell am I paying these guys for?" <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Speaking of Perdome, you've driven for some of the biggest names in the industry. Certainly, uh, Schumacher, Perdome, as you talked about, Kenny Bernstein, and the coach Joe uh, Joe Gibbs as well. So, uh, coming from a house car to drive for for people like that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's you. Know, everybody asks you what what's your biggest accomplishment in racing, and that's that's certainly one of them. You know, uh, to be able to drive for the the legends of the sport. I mean, Joe Gibbs was my first uh, foray into funny cars and. I'd never driven a nitro funny car, and I got the phone call. Hey, we're getting, we're switching drivers. You think you want to drive a funny car? Sure. So who, so who was that before? Uh, Cruz. That's Cruise what Patagon. I thought. I thought yep. that was Cruz was in yep. that car for because uh, Corey Mack was in. He the, was in the dragster. Yeah, in the yeah. Dragster. And it's it's you know everybody said how'd you get how'd you get that call? You you never driven a nitro funny car, and uh, Jim Bursett was actually helping as a consultant for both teams, kind of a, a, a crew chief consultant for both crew chiefs and. Um, he was my first crew chief in Top Fuel that helped us uh, with our family car. And he said, you did a good job. I knew you did it with not much money, and you drove the car, and you knew what was going on because you were mechanical with it. I didn't overdrive the car because I, if it blew it up, well, we weren't going to race because we didn't have a spare this right. or that. You know? right. So he said, I told him they ought to give you a call. So uh, you know, if it wasn't for him, I probably might not have ever got in a Nitro funny car. So I got in that funny car and just you know, drove for Gibbs. And then, unfortunately, it was only a half of a season. And and the funny car team went away at the end of that year, but we ran half a season and still finished top ten in the points. And I really regret that. I wish we could have ran another season. I think we could have won the championship. That was such a good caliber team. And and then uh, the next year I, I drove for Al Hoffman. And uh, in between those, you know, and then I went to Perdomes. And that was uh, he was an idol of mine when I was a kid. You know, the snake. Who I mean who didn't want have the snake and the mongoose as a Cal- kid? California, oh, California cool. Yeah, no, so I uh, got that gig and, and got a race for Snake and. And I uh, really enjoyed that. I mean, he and I are very close, still talk uh, all the time. Our, our birthdays were both yesterday. His birthday was yesterday. So uh, I, happened, I happened to win my first race for Perdome on our birthday in Vegas. Oh, so, wow. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a cool time. And, 
you know, the, uh, the U.S. Smokeless Tobacco Sponsorship went away with all the tobacco sponsorships, so I uh, went right from there to Kenny Bernstein, you know, and, and uh, he, you know, he, he decided to step car. out. Yeah, I got in the monster car, and uh, worst uh, year of my whole career. You know, it was just one of those things where nothing ever went right that so year. It was a tough gig over there in general. I mean, as, as good as they were on the fuel stuff, on the top fuel stuff, the, the funny car. It just never, just... just never flowed, you know, yeah. and... and uh, after that, I, I, uh, I sat out for a little while. You know, it was tough. Uh, the economy was not doing well and, and not many rides around. And went to work for Schumacher and, and did some odd jobs at the shop. Did a pur- I was a purchasing agent for the whole team. I did I was the track ready to jobs. Say, I kinda, yeah, yeah. yeah right, so, right. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it was on the premise, hey, we'll get you in a car. Just come to work for us for a while. And after about three years, I'm thinking, I'm not in a car yet. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do something different. We're going to throw something else at him and see if he'll stay. <laughs> and then we'll put him in the car. Yeah. yeah. So I quit, actually. And then he hired me to drive a car. So, I, you know, I figured out what was wrong there. You know? <laughs> as long as I was doing a good job on the other stuff, he wasn't going to put me in a car. We so can I find a driver, no problem. But yeah. we can't find anybody to do what he's doing here. So let's just leave things. He's like really watching. He's really watching over the purchasing. So we're yeah. definitely. Yeah. We've never had anybody that good in that department. Just leave that one ride for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, got back in that. And, uh, you know, great, great seven years with their great team. And I've got most of my wins in that last seven years just because of the caliber team and, and uh, just a, a great deal to be involved with, with Terry Chandler funding that team and donating it away to charity and running a car as branded Make-A-Wish that they paid nothing for, but we did all kinds of stuff for them and see all those kids come out to the track. And, you know, in your later years of your career, you start looking at things differently and to see what those kids were going through and see what, you know, to have them out to the track and see them have fun and be a kid for a day. It was, it was really fun. Really a good time. It makes you realize how fortunate you are. Yeah. Yeah. You have a bad day. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah. The Indy, the Indy car that was always the Riley car. I mean, it was, I mean, or I saw it was a Riley car most times. It was, I mean, of course, you know, going through what I went through with my daughter, of course, she's, she's 29, you know, this was 28 at the time. But, you know, she was, uh, she's small. So, you know, there were people that were consulting from that side and what a great organization. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I knew Johnny a little bit, uh, didn't know Terry at all or her husband. Uh, but man, what amazing things she did and they did. And I, uh, you know, I thought it, I, I watched a lot of the wins that you guys had together and the pure emotion that would come from her in winning was just, I well, mean, she second to it. none. Loved it. Loved racing. And, you know, her brother retired. She says, well, what am I supposed to do? And he says, well, sponsor a car. You can keep going to the races, you know. And she did and just loved it. I mean, she was there every test run we made. I mean, it didn't matter where we raced at. And then to have her pass from brain cancer, and you know, it was it was. Had she been going through that? I, I no, knew. it was very sudden, very quick. Wow. Uh, it was a matter of uh, by the time they figured out what some, you know something's wrong with her, and within three and a half months she was gone. It was that quick. So uh, her husband uh, continued it in her honor and continued that for three, three years, more right? years. Yeah, we we ran the Riley Children's Hospital car here at Indianapolis every year, and then the last season we we ran MD Anderson Cancer Center. That's where she had been treated at. Uh, Don Schumacher had been treated there, and her husband had been treated there. So oh, it was wow. nice to run a tribute car to MD Anderson and all the things they've done for people. Yeah, I doubt. Uh, I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize all the intertwining of the families between the Grays and and uh, the Chandlers. Yeah, that's that's uh, Johnny Gray is uh, Terry Chandler's brother. So uh, yeah, she uh, 
she used to go with her brother and loved racing, and then he decided to retire from racing. And she says, "Well, I'm not ready to retire from racing." So she they, stepped up and had her own team. And they and and I was I was looking at something earlier, and I kind of remember it, but a tribute to their father, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that was a that was a pretty neat pretty neat deal. And yeah, a really neat car, really neat paint scheme. I mean, most of these cars are wraps nowadays, and that thing was hand painted with their their dad on the back of it, and the oil wells in the background, and big oil big oil industry, self made guy. I mean, yeah, just he an was one of the original story. guys in oil, you know, in, in New Mexico, and had a piece of property and decided to drill a hole and see if there was oil in it. And he, he struck some. And next thing you know, he's got Marbob oil and they're going Old to Jeb's town. a millionaire. Yeah, it's pretty uh, much the story. Yes, I, it is. I, th- I, think, I think it was a B. Yeah. I don't think it was an M. I think it was a B. So. Millions there. Yeah. yeah. But, but it was... And you know what? What a great family. Wouldn't I mean, know they had a dime. No. You know, wouldn't wow. know they... No. I know Terry, she used to... She used to be embarrassed because she bought her jeans at Walmart, you know, <laughs> and she could have bought whatever jeans she could have had them handmade. And oh yeah, she went to Walmart to get her jeans. She yeah. like she just liked the way they fit. You know? <laughs> well, there you go. Whatever makes you happy, right? Yeah. So thirty-seven years, if I'm not mistaken, in and out, as you said, um, four hundred and fifty events, man. I mean, it's it's quite a quite an effort when you, for the people that are in the industry, especially for your length of time. You you certainly have a good grasp at how difficult it is a to just get in, but b to stay in for a run like that and have those kind of numbers. Uh, you're a select few for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty proud of that. You know, I mean, uh, I think last season it was uh, John Force and I were the two longest running drivers currently out He's there. He's got you know? twenty more years. I mean, Force <laughs> yeah. is still going. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm trying to get him out of the seat because you know all these you know Joe Gibbs and Perdome and and Bernstein and Schumacher. You know, Force wouldn't be a bad one to add to that. You know, Force and Coletta, I kind of figured it's... Legends you know, row. I mean, I mean, if they're looking right now, you know, I'm just saying. You know, so, yeah, and, it, and, you know, it's really neat. It's that little bit of off time I had there between Bernstein's and, and Schumacher's. I was fortunate enough to get a call and go overseas. I went to Europe and raced a top field dragster over in Europe. Uh, I went to the Middle East, uh, raced a car in Abu Dhabi, a top field dragster, raced in Australia. I've won, uh, I won a top fuel trophy a race in top field dragster in six different countries so it's i remember the australian one yeah it's just it's you know at home i have a have my trophies nhra trophies in an area and then i have this other little section over here that are international trophies so it's 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 kind of cool that's that's the one thing that it's you know you always look to see the stats and see whatever where you add on the stats and well, there's nobody that has six top fuel trophies from six different countries. And, you know, so yeah. that's, that's the cool thing. I got one thing that nobody else has. That's you know? super cool. Yeah. I read, uh, help me confirm something here. I read on Competition Plus 21 wins, but NHRA 23 fuel wins. Yeah, I don't know. I have to go downstairs and count them. I think it's uh, it's it's twenty three or twenty. It's twenty three uh, national event wins, and I think that might include uh, one alcohol funny car win. I'm and then you sure. have a handful of IHRA wins as well. Yeah, I got five or six of those. Yeah, I got some IHRA wins, and uh, got my first national event win was IHRA back in the day, nineteen eighty seven. I think I won a alcohol funny car race in Bristol, Tennessee. So yeah, it was the first national event I'd won. Is Thunder Valley? Yeah, yeah, that that track's been good to me. Thunder Thunder Valley and it was uh, they were ra- at the boat races uh, about a week ago there <laughs> yeah. when I was there yeah. not a dirt track dirt boat races yeah, oh yeah my God. the whole place horrible. is underwater man incredible uh, yeah incredible re- year whenever you take a look at it and, and arguably twenty twenty uh, maybe certainly one of your best if not the best all along the way and nearly winning a championship yeah it's uh, I've, I've thought about that a lot lately you know I mean we were that close you know we were right there and uh, finished second in the points and. Went down to the 
last day of the year, you know, at Vegas and uh, got to the semifinals and it came quarter to the semifinals almost, you know, the, to the last run of the year. And, uh, it was close. We had a great season and, uh, I look back on it, and we didn't lose it at that at Vegas. We lost it earlier in the year. We had a a, a connecting rod break first round to U.S. Nationals biggest race of the year. I'm number one qualifier, and it breaks a connecting rod in first round. We lose, and, and wow, who knows where we would have went that day? But we did have a strong car that weekend, and looked like we were in contention to win. And then, so you have to look back the whole year, you know, and see where things fell apart. But yeah, it's a really good year. I finished second twice in the Funny Car Points. So yeah, it was frustrating to uh, to not get that that uh, championship and then uh, at the end of the year the sponsorship has gone away and you're sitting here thinking man i finished second last year and well we're gonna have to regroup and figure out how to come back we're gonna take a quick break here we'll be right back on the other side with tommy johnson jr stay with us from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment oh my god We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Toyota. Once again, welcome back to The Skinny in the house here with us is Tommy Johnson Jr., a longtime racer. I was going to say legendary racer, but I try not to use that word over and over and over again. And actually, I... It makes people feel a little funny sometimes too, but um, most of them are dead. Certainly, uh, yeah. Well, Ken <laughs> certainly gets called a legend. Ken gets called a legend all the time. Well, so I had a guy. I, had, I actually had a fellow broadcaster used to refer to me as a legend, Ken Stout, all the time, and I hated it. I mean, I hated it because I don't think I'm worthy of it. So, and I'm not. So, uh, you know, I now I'm very hesitant about using the word, <laughs> even though it probably does apply you know, in a case like this. But Tommy Johnson Jr., longtime racer and has accomplished so much 
under the umbrella of the NHRA series. Great to have him in the house and already filled us in on some great stories. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here because 2020, we were talking about what a great year you had. Three wins, three number one qualifiers in the hunt for the championship right to the very end. And then March 18th, 2021 is a day that you'll never forget in your life. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're, you never expect that your parents are going to pass. I mean, uh, my dad had, had uh, beaten cancer two or three times, and, and, you know, you just think that they're invincible. But, uh, yeah, I got the phone call. I was at Lowe's in the, one afternoon on Saturday and got a phone call that my dad had a stroke. So uh, it was uh, very impactful, you know. Uh, it's a tough deal, and it's, it's hard. You know, I, I never had experience with it, and now I, uh, I feel for others that have. You know, it's, it's something you ever won't have to, don't want to have to deal with, but uh, life goes on, you know. So uh, I'm fortunate in the fact that I've spent uh, the past – you know, 15 years plus uh, racing with my son, every race he's been in, I think I've been at or, or very, very close to. But his career, I've been able to be a big part of that career and help him out. And I know that's exactly the relationship you had with your father, only much longer. Yeah, that's, that's you know, my dad and I were like oil and water a lot of times, you know. But uh, at the same time, we traveled together for years, you know. I mean, I wouldn't have never probably been a drag racer if it wasn't for him. I mean, I, I as a kid, I grew up at the racetrack every Saturday and then, you know, started racing. And we went to the races every weekend. And then as my uh, career progressed, you know, he, he uh, was there every race. Uh, you know, I don't I, – I know one race, I, it was my first top fuel race in Pomona in, in 1990, and it got rained out, and they were going to let us have a test run the next Friday – and he wasn't at that run, but that's about the only run that I think he wasn't there at the track when I was racing. And, you know, then when the uh, family team went away, he would still come to the races and support me, even though I was driving for someone else, he would still be there. And, you know, mom and him would get the motor home and make a trip to the races and hang out and uh, be supportive. So, yeah, huge, huge, huge part of my uh, my career. And a scrapper. I mean, I heard some. I never had a chance to meet him, but Rico was already telling stories. You <laughs> mentioned him having a wicked crash, seventy three in pro stock, and the doctors. Everybody thought there's no way he's going to survive this. Really, uh, I mean, they just counted him out to the point that he had to go back and have surgery after he got better, and they realized he was going to survive. They had to fix some <laughs> stuff that they didn't fix, thinking he wasn't going to make it. Yeah, you know, back in the day, they, those cars weren't the safest things around, and and uh, it blew a tire, went off the track. It, track didn't have guardrails past finish line you know and it it uh, somebody parked where they weren't supposed to and it hit a hit a ramp truck head on and oh wow they didn't have shoulder harnesses and see you know they just had a lap belt you know and a two-inch stock factory lap belt was in there and and uh it about cut him in half basically and exploded his intestines and he went through multiple multiple surgeries and it wasn't you know had gangrene set in and just I mean, the story i read yeah. was he passed he died three times yeah he, he died they they trans they didn't have the helicopter life flights back then they transported him in the ambulance and they had to pull off the side of the road two or three times and bring him back and you know Jeez. uh he, he uh it's funny he got his nickname nine lives after that because i mean he, he 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 wasn't supposed to make it he, and he passed through three times and then came back and and uh you know uh, he had some good stories about that as well but uh it uh you know he was never short of a story no he uh he, he loved to talk that's for sure yeah rico can verify that my dad loved to talk and, and i loved listening and, to and him. didn't and never met a stranger in his life nope. you know uh i i used to get so aggravated i'm like these people don't want to talk to you dad leave them alone like oh no no i got to know them i know their family i know what the, about this and you know 
And he remembered everything. He had an incredible memory. Yeah. Remem- remember everything. Remember that one time we did that? I'm like, no, I don't remember that. And he would remember everything. But <laughs> He the, didn't get the sh- tire shake as much as no, you did. No, he, yeah. he, he obviously <laughs> didn't get the tire shake. I, I don't remember that much as he did. Yeah, you put your head in that paint shaker, it'll rattle some things out, man, for sure. That's exactly what I call it, too. It's like putting your head in a paint shaker. Yeah. But, yeah, he uh, he knew everybody in the world and loved to talk and and. And he was the first one to ever do mail-order race car parts. You know, uh, before the Jegs and the Summits back in the day, he started a mail-order racing parts business and and uh, kind of got that industry going. And then he, he was kind of the innovator of that. And, uh, you know, we had his phones, and he, he loved to talk. I always told him, I said, you need a computer system in here. And he's like, I don't want a computer. i got to talk to these people. They need parts they don't know they need. You know, so they, they would buy <laughs> stuff they didn't stuff. know they need. Yes, get them yeah. in the store, man. We'll sell them. Something. Yeah, oh yeah. He, he, they call in and order parts and bought three <laughs> times the amount of stuff they they didn't know they needed it, but they did. I'll sell you a blower, but you know, if you put a blower on it, you're going to need pistons, rod, crank, and you need everything. Yeah, so yeah. You're going to need all this other stuff. It'll break it if you don't. You know. So, well, that's what the classy guys did. I mean, that, and honestly, those guys probably helped us out more than we knew. You know, somebody <laughs> like that, and just some kid like me would call up and order something. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, yeah, and, get ready to just blow the rear end clear out yeah. of it because you're putting too much to it. You know. So that's super cool, and uh, like you said, I mean, coming back, they, he got that that uh, that nickname Nine Lives, and then uh, we were talking about it in the office before we started the show here. Uh, beat cancer, you said not once or twice, but three different times, and then wrote a book about it. Yeah, he uh, you know he got a cancer diagnosed, um, colon cancer, and and they basically told him he had three months to live and that he should get his affairs in order. And he said, I'm not ready to die. I'm not going to do this. And so he researched it out and found, uh, you know, alternative methods of trying to beat cancer. And, and he said, I'm going to give it a shot. Let's see what happens. I mean, they've stopped my treatment. Why not? And and uh, three months later, he went back for his checkup, and he was cancer-free. So they were a little amazed Stopped by that. Stopped his treatment. Yeah, they stopped the treatments and said, you need to just get things in order because it's not working. Go home, it's over. Yeah. And, and so help me out here. Fans are listening in, and they're probably going to say, okay, wrote a book on, on getting rid of cancer. But it is a legitimate, I mean, it is worth a read for sure. There is at least what worked for him, Yeah, you know, a way it, to get rid of it. That's what he said. It may not work for everybody, but it worked for him. And then... It uh, it's helped a lot of people actually. A lot of you know he wouldn't give advice because he said you know I don't want to be liable for anything. But this is what I did, and if you'd like to try it, go ahead. You know, and and uh, it kind of walks you through it. Uh, some of the things you're going to uh, see along the way, and, and you know your attitude about it, and and just uh, different ways of going about treatment. You know, you know they uh, some money money wise sometimes it's not always uh, you know what is actually out there to help you and and. And uh, this this is a little different way of doing it, and it's it, it it he he beat it once, and then he, oh, later in his life he had another uh, a tumor up in his neck, you know, from a whole, whole other type of cancer, and got right back on that stuff, and it's gone again, and and uh, I think three times he beat cancer with that, you know, so it was it was amazing, it it uh, it worked flawlessly for him, and I know it's worked for a lot of people because uh, when my dad passed, I got a lot of messages about. Uh, the people that it's helped throughout the years. Yeah, cancer has affected so many people, as we know, and everybody here in this room, his daughter, my daughter, your father, obviously. So It's, uh, it's amazing you said the attitude. It is amazing how, yes. how big of a play that is on it. And yeah, you've got to be ready to fight. Yeah, yeah you've got to be ready to fight. When I, when I showed up at the hospital, you know, on, on our situation, you know, I showed up and Caitlin was sitting there. She had been in and out of the hospital. It was her third time that she was there, and they were getting ready to kick her out again. And, you know, we don't know. And uh, the oncologist said, you're not, she's not going anywhere until we get this test back. 
they get the test back. The lady comes in. She tells her what's happened and, you know, what's going on. And, and uh, you know, I'll never, you know, I've, I've said this before, but I'll never forget it. I was standing in the shop up there working in the back of the van helping one of the guys. And, uh, and um, you know, Una, Una called me and said, you know, she said what had happened, and I can't even verbalize it, but told me, and I got in my truck. I literally went to my office, grabbed something, got in my truck, and left, and I got lost going to St. Vincent's Hospital from here. I've lived here 20-plus, I mean 30 years, and I got lost. And, I mean, that's how bad it was, but I show up, and I walk in, and she's just sitting there, and I said, how's it going? Eh, it's all right. I said, uh... So how's your faith? Well, I'm not really sure. I said, okay, we're going to probably need to get in touch with that a little bit here. And But she's been amazing. And, I mean, you talking about the attitude of it is, and and it is so tough to do because it's, it, I mean, especially at 28, you know, you're kind of. Well, it, in, it makes you feel so helpless. As a father, my daughter was, my daughter was a little less than a, a year old and, I was driving a tractor trailer at the time, and I was probably in California, but I got a phone call from my wife, who was in the healthcare industry. So she knew exactly what it meant when the doctor told her that my daughter had a tumor that accounted for a third of her body weight at the time. So how old have you got a call? Did you have a cell phone then? Um, I, I, that's a great question, man. Because I, it I, was, I mean, that's been a long... Yeah, that's, you're, it's a great you think question. about those. You know, he was talking about trucking, and I was like... And the only thing I can think of, you know, I mean, we used to have check-in times. I drove I drove cross-country, so, uh, you know, I'd have check-in times when I would call back to to Joe Miller, who owned the uh, who owned the company, and my guess is she had contacted him to tell him whenever Ken calls in, have him call me. So uh, so I did, and because I remember saying to her, me not knowing, I mean, I just didn't put it together, right? And I, I said, so is that something I need to come home for right away? Like, where, you know, where, what does this mean? I don't know what really what it means. Right. And she's, of course, trying to hold it together, but she said, yeah, you need to come home. So, yeah, I, I had no idea. She had bilateral Wilms tumors, so she had cancer in both kidneys and a 30% chance of long-term survival. So they ended up taking one kidney out, scraping the other kidney, and... And she uh, she rebounded, you know. I mean, I guess if you're going to catch it whenever you're a young kid, it's probably the best time. Whenever you're yeah. so strong, but kids are fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Tough. she came back and uh, she has has two and a and a third one on the way now, and set records in high school for swimming. So you would just never know. And she's lived her whole life with one kidney. But I mean, we we got really fortunate because there's a lot of people, as you well know, from the Make a Wish Foundation that uh, that just are not that fortunate. It's it's just a brutal disease. It's amazing. The Make-A-Wish people told us that when they first started it, it was most kids that weren't going to make it. And and the attitude and the and the wish actually gives them hope and gets them excited. And now most kids survive. You know, they used to be uh, for terminally ill kids, and now it's it's life-challenging, life-threatening illnesses. You know, and okay. it's, it's amazing that, that that wish gives that much positive impact that they continue to fight. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, my mom passed of uh, colon cancer as well. So, and then it was a, it was something where they misdiagnosed. You know, they did a test and they didn't get all the way to the end of the colon, which I guess is a is kind of a difficult thing to do properly, mm-hmm. and missed that. So by the time they figured it out, it was it was too late. Cancer is cancer is a nasty, nasty disease, as we all know. For the fans that are listening, the the name of the book is the true story of how I survived absolute terminal cancer. 
So, uh, so look that one up, and hopefully it helps somebody. Yeah, yeah, it's on Amazon. So, uh, yeah, thanks to my dad, I've had plenty of colonoscopies in my life already. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know what? And I've been doing them as well all along the way because of my mom. So better yep. safe than sorry. That's right. and, you know, they put you under, and you say all kind of silly stuff when you wake <laughs> up, and then they tell you what you said. And <laughs> it's not the end of the world for those that have not done it, and you're worried about doing it. Uh, it's a pretty simple process, so make sure you do it because the end result, if you don't, can be uh, devastating for sure. So, uh, yeah, um, the great stories about your dad that I've already heard, and apparently he, uh, he really enjoyed those uh, ice-cold silver bullets as well, huh? Yeah, yeah, Rico knows he does. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, he, he, enjoy, he had a really good time while he was here. Yeah, he enjoyed himself. So uh, big race fan. I mean, he loved racing more than anybody I know and, and uh, yeah. loved to, uh, end of the day, have a little Coors Light with everybody. And then, end and of the day. About yeah, well, you know. <laughs> It, starting into the day, is that well, what yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> He'd have plenty while I was sitting there working. And he's watching me. Yeah, he had plenty of them while then. He was supervising. Yeah, he was but, a great supervisor. But like I like I said, it. I mean, I, I love the guy to death, and we had a lot of fun together. And uh, you know, his mom included Sarah. And you know, we uh, we would uh, you know we would start the day out, and he would call or text me, and you up there yet? And I'm like, yeah, well. Like I said, you know, we were in our suite on the Oval at Lucas Oil Raceway, and we would stand on the back deck and watch them come through the, you know, the lights at the end. And I mean, it was it was an, an amazing place to watch it up high. Just you know, for those for those who uh, haven't taken in a drag race, go do it. I mean, you're you just it's something to it's unbelievable. But you know, uh, but he would call me and well. They camped, or their motorhome was right at the start-finish line. So he'd get on the golf cart, drive the golf cart around to the elevator, come up the elevator. He'd say, hey, got a case of Coors Light. And I said, okay. The first time he did I thought, man, that's a hell of a deal, because usually nobody brings anything. I said, that's a hell of a deal. And then I realized that was for him and Sarah. And it was gone by the end of the day, and I don't think anybody else got into the silver <laughs> bullets at the, at, during the day. So... But uh, a lot of great stories, a lot of great fun, and uh, yeah, he he was he was one of a kind. So yeah, he would he would invite you over to the motorhome and hey, stop by and have a beer with me. End of the weekend, he said, "Man, I can't believe I brought like fifteen or twenty cases of Coors Light and it's all gone." I think you think it had to do with and everybody you invited from the pit area over to have a beer with you. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's where it was. Yeah, there's some beer drinkers in those yeah. pits, man. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful who you invite over. Yeah. You yeah. said you're oil and water a lot of times with him, and that's what happens. I mean, well, first of all, it's your parents. I mean, you just tend to butt heads <laughs> as you get older anyways. And then if you spend a lot of time together, the opportunity is there for it to happen even more. And then when you're at the racetrack, when all of the uh, all of the emotions can be at their highest or their lowest, and drag racing certainly the best at that. Uh, but to have your dad there, you've got to have some stories where, and I'm sure, I'm sure my son has stories about me where dad was just a pain in the ass. <laughs> Yeah, there was a few of those along the way. You know, he he would he would try to uh, he he always loved to tell you advice. He, you didn't want to hear it, but he would tell you anyway. He was going to tell you. He he uh, he was a straight shooter. He told you how he thought, and it didn't. There was no filter, and uh, we would go at it quite often. And I mean, I won the won a race. I think it was in Columbus, Ohio, one time, and we were we were battling it out between rounds, trying to fix something. And he's telling me how to do it. And I'm telling him be quiet. And I know what I got. And 
we battled it out and we're yelling and screaming at each other and we go up for the final and win the race and then we're happy as can be in the winter circle. You know, it was great. You know? <laughs> right. And it was on Father's Day, I think. So it was like, yeah, okay, well, I'm sorry I yelled at you, but you, you shouldn't have told me, you know, like. During but, the uh, interview, I want to dedicate this to my dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we would fight like cats and dogs and then five minutes is always, it's history, you know, it's gone. Yeah. Didn't, and didn't it's just that it. passion of yeah. everybody wanting to do well, uh, you know. We both want the same end result. It's just right. two different ways of getting there. Yeah. yeah. There's more to driving a car than driving a car. Yeah, I've, I heard that a few times. Yeah, he, uh, you know, as the career was progressing, he kept, you know, gave me advice on everything. And and the one thing he, he told me, and I was, at first I'm like, yeah, okay, I know. Yeah, there's stuff more you got to do more than drive a car. But as the years went on, I started realizing that it was true. You know, that what he was trying to tell me was driving the race car is probably the easiest part of the job. You know, it's all the other things that you need to be good at. And you need to work on all everything, the whole package, instead of just driving the car. Every, there's a lot of great drivers, but he, but he can't do the media work. He can't, he can't do the interviews. He can't do the TV. He can't, he can't do the sponsor, you know, meet and greets. And you need to work on the whole package. And it's, he, he, he used to hit me with that all the time is there's more to driving a car than driving a car because there would be something I didn't want to do or I'm like oh I hate doing that and he would he would throw that in there and you go oh, okay you know but uh, you, you usually don't see the wealth of that knowledge they're giving you till it's afterwards but uh, fortunately I, I picked it up along the way and, and uh, nowadays I absolutely there's more to driving in a race car that's the easiest part of the job and of course he just passed a couple of weeks ago so you've yet to feel the full wrath of his loss, but as you go forward, if you're at the racetrack and and you're getting inside of a car, doing whatever it is that, that you're doing, uh, I think you had made a comment somewhere along the way. It's the small things, and, and now you pause and you think about those things. Yeah, it's probably the silly things, the something something really silly that'll it'll spark the uh, the memory. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be tough. You know, uh, there'll be times that uh, you'll be happy, and there'll be times you'll be sad, and and. Uh, Plenty of sad days ahead, I'm sure. Once again, we'll take a quick break here, and uh, we'll come back on the other side and talk about some more racing here with Tommy Johnson Jr., some wonderful stories about his father who just recently passed. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare open a limited time 11 month certificate at kemba financial credit union at 5.25 percent apy it's more than triple the national average plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details offer expires may 31st 2024 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply 500 minimum and two hundred fifty thousand dollars maximum deposit advantage status required comparison based on bank rate average federally insured by ncua Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Dream Giveaway. Dream Giveaway has been giving away high-end American muscle cars to raise money for charity since 2007. Dream Giveaway is known for giving away classic and new muscle and paying the federal taxes so the winners don't have to. For $25, you can jump in the game, and part of that goes to charity. You'll have a chance at winning some of the coolest cars on the planet. Check it out at dreamgiveaway.com. Once again, welcome back to the Skinny Ken Stout. Rico Elmore here hosting and sitting right alongside Tommy Johnson Jr., 37-year veteran, over 450 events with the NHRA. 21 to 23 wins. We've established that. We're not going to pick an exact number. He'll check up on that one. One of 17, I believe, to win in both Top Fuel and in Funny Car. One of 18 to qualify number one in Funny Car and Top Fuel. So this tough guy sitting over here, and he is a tough guy, has a hobby, and one of his favorite hobbies is to make candles. What? Candle maker? And I, and I love I love what you use to make the candles. They're awesome. Yeah. All all like reuse like I saw the one the nitro piston. Yeah, yeah. a little disappointed yeah. you didn't bring a couple in to share. You know, just... what, what's the, the ni- business is so busy right now. Yeah, it's a... what's the nitro piston smell like? Like when the nitro cars fire up, it just burns the hell out of your eyes. Well, I'm I'm trying that. to re- replicate the nitro smell. I've been yeah. trying to figure out how to do that, and uh, it's it's a harder smell to replicate than you'd think. It's it, it obviously is very expensive. Expensive to get that smell. So, yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes, very but, much. Yeah, drum of that is—they're uh, not giving that away. Yeah, this all—it all started as a—I don't know. My wife conned me into doing it. You know, she she saw a, a wine bottle made into a candle, and you ought to make me one of them. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And and then I found out it was kind of hard. And uh, <laughs> but I, I like a good challenge, so I uh, I kept at it and. I think it was about 12 or 13 bottles later, I finally got, I'm like, there, there you go, look at that. Honey, we need to kill another bottle of wine. Yeah. Because I ruined this one. So. <laughs> and then I kind of, then I be, I'm a perfectionist, so I I critiqued my uh, job and figured out how to do a little better and a little better. And I started off by doing it by hand and bottles, and then I then I bought this little saw and a little sander. Now I have about a $3,000 saw and about a $2,500 <laughs> sander. And, but, boy, they're nice now. They look really good now. Yeah. And you do really cool stuff. Like I saw one, I think it was in a Jack Daniels bottle. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, a little bit of everything. Um, some sort of jar or can that holds chocolates, like high-end chocolates. Yeah, and- I mean, anything, any glass, any, anything made of glass, I can, I'll cut it and make it look, you know, make it into a candle. And I've made uh, wine bottle chandeliers, you know, uh, making lights out of them. I've done a Jack Daniels chandelier. And uh, we, we've cut them in half and made little flower pots out of them. And we've, uh, we've made serving trays, little cheese and cracker trays out of so them. So what do you do? Go around all the bars and, hey, have you got any bottles? Or, well, I'm in uh, racing, so I know yeah. a lot of people that uh, like to uh, partake in activities after the races. That I just go around the pits and load up my truck. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But Every year in Minnesota. He's every dump- year at Brainerd. Yeah. <laughs> he's go, just go help him clean up the, the, the campgrounds. He's dumpster diving after Brainerd. Yeah, I pretty much. It. Yeah. 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 That's good. But yeah, they got to couple places that uh, save us their bottles and and because uh, people walk in my garage and they see that like i didn't drink all that 
You know, I'll make a statement right now. I did not drink all that. So, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, you get a lot of people drop them off. And then we have a lot of people that, uh, my wife and I had this bottle of wine on our anniversary. Could you make it into a candle for her or something like that? So, yeah, we do a lot of the custom work too, stuff. So, yeah, it takes. Uh, so, when they, when they bring that up, is that when it just, you just crank the rods out? Of it? Like, I ask them usually, have you got two? Do yeah, you two, do you have two bottles because it is glass and there's there's I'm, a I'm, chance I've got pretty good at it, but it's ninety nine percent. It's not one hundred percent. Yeah. T A candles, the perfect anytime gift. How how, how large is the business? You know, it's 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 still a little side hobby, a little you know something we do on the side, do at home, and uh, her, you know I usually cut most of the glass and do all the polishing and sanding of the bottles, and she'll do most of the pouring, and she's pretty good at mixing the colors and the, and the scents together and. Um, so we just like do a it cappuccino home. or something. Oh. I mean, some really beautiful stuff. Honestly, yeah, I tell you, the Starbucks ones are. Yeah, that's we, what. It, yeah, man, we blow them out of the water. They're, they go. I I need more people to drink Starbucks and bring me the bottles. So is it the glass yeah. bottles? Yeah, little those? glass bottles you get at the convenience stores. Right. Man, they, well, I was told not yeah. to drink those anymore, but you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to help. For I never cause. go there. I seriously have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I never go to Starbucks. Yeah, they're the glass so. bottles about like this. Yeah, the iced coffee. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The iced coffee. Yes, yes. And if any, and if anybody. There, I've seen them on the plane because you can buy them on the plane. That's where yeah. I saw them. Yeah, if anybody listening wants to donate those Starbucks bottles, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll at Christmas time, those are a, a big case seller. Of them. Yeah, they're a big seller at Christmas time. But yeah, it's 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 a seasonal business too because we ship them and we can't really ship them in July. You get there and you have a oh. melted candle, yeah. you know. So uh, yeah. so it's it's really big during the Christmas seasons and the, the, the cooler you months. Learn. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, gotta, I, I, know, gotta, I know for a fact that it happens. I've, I've done it. Yeah. We got a leaker. Yeah. <laughs> but the real business that he's running now is the woodworking slash carpentry work. Yeah. Yeah. Another accidental job that I got. You know, I, I have a parts business. I sell supplies to all the race teams as well. Well, it's we were going to get to that. We figured that's like second fiddle. <laughs> yeah, but all that. I get into all this stuff by accident. But yeah, I, I've always been into woodworking. In high school, I was kind of into woodworking and well, I was really into woodwork. I had three hours a day my senior year because I didn't want to go to class. I just want to go to woodwork. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I always did it, kind of a little hobby. But, you know, when the, the pandemic hit and we were locked at home, I started building a few things, and then I built a few more things, and I remodeled our kitchen and gutted so, it. And, so I'm watching yeah. this on Facebook, right? I'm watching the progression of this. I'm like... He's got some skills. I mean, this is like some real business right here, you know? He's been practicing on glass. Wood's easy. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I my, can repair wood sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So my dad was a general contractor. My brother, Scott, has followed along in the business. And so it's hilarious. I mean, so I'm watching this the whole time, and I'm like, this dude's got some skills here, you know, and then everybody starts chiming in. So yeah, so I, I took I did the remodeled our our uh, kitchen, our bathroom, and our basement bar and a bedroom, and and then I was tired of spending money, so I started making some stuff I could sell to people, and 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 just had people, hey, would you make me one of these? And I made dog ramps for a lady that does my website. She needed dog ramps, so I made those, and then I and I uh, got a request to make a, a kids booster booster stool it's like uh, so they can get up to the sink and, and wash their hands or oh yeah, the sure. and yeah the you. step up thing yes, yeah I so i drew that. one up and they sent me a picture of one i'm like yeah i'll build you one but not that that's that's crude I, it's, we're not making that <laughs> so so i designed one drew it all up and made it hinge so when you you can unlatch it and oh, and and fold it in half and it becomes a desk for the kids so they can sit their ipad and watch a movie at their little desk and and then you fold it back, and they can climb up to the, wash their hands. You know, top so, fuel version of the yeah, stool. Yeah, well, you got to oh, yeah. make one. You got to make one. I mean, you, you know? got to turn it around quick. So they started selling, and then I uh, sold some to some people, and they wanted some work done in their house. So I started doing some work in the remodeling in their house, and 
I build a lot of uh, starting to build a lot of custom furniture for people. Something want something unique. Like I built a coffee table for my wife that we had this little fire pit indoor fireplace thing. You put some you put ethanol in it and light it and it sits there and burns. It looks like a little fireplace. But she wanted the table instead of saying it on it. She wanted it to be part of the table. So I build a coffee table and it's in the center of it, built in and. And, uh, so now it's just a challenge to what, her. Yeah. She's like, she's you know like, that's good woodworking. Whenever you can put a fire in the middle of your woodworking table, <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know, well, it's because it's got glass around it. You know, I got to have all three of those things. You know, yeah. I mean, don't leave out the most important part of this. All right, please. This guy goes three hundred plus mile an hour, but that has nothing to do with this. So yeah, well, my latest, my, my latest, I actually was working on before I came to this to the show is. Uh, I uh, was asked to build an urn, a uh, cremation box for someone. And I'm like, well, yeah, sure, I guess I can. I've never made one, but do a little research, go to Pinterest and figure out uh, what, the, what they look like or what, you know, what they're supposed to look like. And so I'm um, just about complete, just about a friend of my dad's that his brother's got cancer and is passing away and wanted to, wanted to know if I would make him a box for him. And, and uh, sure, I'd be honored to, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of amazing sometimes where it's taking you, and uh, you never know where the next thing you're going, and, and you have no idea what uh, what's down the road. But I enjoy it. it it's I've never found a passion like I, I love racing. It's the passion's been there so many years, and just I, I made every sacrifice in the book to do it. And I've never found something else that gives me passion. And I I, I got a little passion from this woodworking and, and the and the glass working and. It, uh, it's a challenge, and it, uh, you surprise yourself once in a while. You make something, you go, man, that's actually pretty nice. You know, I might even buy that. You know? And so. that pandemic, that, that time that everybody suddenly found that they had that they never had before, opened up those opportunities for so many people. Yeah, it was. It was kind of weird. I just thought, ah, well, let's, let's do it, you know, and had no, I, nothing else to do, so let's try it. I found that I had a bunch of employees, and I better get off my ass and make yeah. sure we keep <laughs> yeah. them. You did, uh, you did a nice pivot and, uh, and found a way to make some money. It was actually a pretty impressive move, I'm not going to lie. So so speaking of your parts business, what are, uh, TJRacing.net and TJRacingInc.net, what have you got there? Yeah, so this this all started for, I, when I went to work for Schumacher. Uh, all the race teams in the in the you know, seven race teams, and they all just went out and bought whatever they needed. And he asked me to kind of bring it in house and and let's build a uh, store here. I don't want these teams out just buying it because we had seven teams and they were buying it from seven different places for seven different prices. So I brought all that in house and we you know did the bulk purchasing and brought everything in there and. Then when I left, I had a lot of the other race teams say, "Hey, where'd you get that deal? I know you were getting a deal." I'm like. I'm not going to tell you. I, I, I had to work to find that and had right. to work to do this. And right. After about the fourth or fifth team call, and they said, why don't you just buy the stuff and sell it to us? There, we get a better deal, and we can, all, we can get it all at one place and be done with it. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, so I bought a few things, and it all sold, so I bought a few more. And now I, I tell everybody I sell everything that when you open the door, your trailer, the cabinet door, and you go, man, we're out of that again? That's what I sell. If you use it once a year, I don't sell it. But if you continually run out of it every week, it's you know your rags and your paper towels brake and your clean. silicones and brake cleans and yep. Loctites and nuts and bolts and and uh, like in, in in fuel racing, spark plugs. We we burn sixteen plugs a run, you know. So I sell spark plugs and E three, uh, yeah, E three champions, NGKs, you name it, I got them all. So yeah, yep. it's just it's 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 consumables, you know, and and I and I, and I know the business well enough that I know everything that we need to run a race team. And I brought all that in-house in one place. So, for instance, in the, back in the day, we would send a guy out at 9 in the morning to go get supplies, and he would be gone till 3 in the afternoon <laughs> because he went to 14 different places. Right. And right. he usually forgot something, so he had to leave again. So he got back <laughs> at 5, and it was time for him to go home. So I brought everything in-house, and now when the race teams need their supplies, they send a guy over, and he's back to the shop in 15, 20 minutes. 
So have you got a spot? I mean, do you? Yeah, I got a, over on the on the South Point Circle, over right across from the Lucas uh, Building, and, and oh, okay. uh, all the race Larry, teams, right Larry's. in the midst of all the race teams yeah. in Larry Dixon's building. Yeah. And, okay. So yeah, I got a little shop there, and uh, I just it's one man band, but I, I'm able to take care of all the race teams. So and, is your woodworking stuff there? No, the that's at home. Stuff there? No, candles. I, mean, I, I make a lot of drives from the shop to home <laughs> every day. Yeah, I've got that route down pretty good now. And I've got them all scheduled. You know, I love texting nowadays. You know, the race teams, they, uh, when are you going to be at your shop? You know, they know I'm doing much, other things. How much so. are you buying and when do you need me there? Yeah. So, yeah. How big is your order? I can be there today or I can be there tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I've been doing that about uh, six, seven years now. So it's just uh, probably about uh, 70 to 80% of the fuel teams now are customers of mine. And just, it simplifies everything from them and everybody gets a little better price on everything. And it, uh, I don't I don't make enough money, but everybody on the uh, race teams gets a better deal. Good for you. He's just doing it because he loves to sell parts. Well, you know what's funny is my dad's my dad had the mail order business, his old parts and stuff, and he actually sold his business, you know, years ago and retired. And and he asked me, I said, I don't want to sell parts. You know, I had to help him when I was a kid. I had to box up all this right. stuff and ship it out. I don't want to sell parts. <laughs> right. And one day he says to me, I says, I didn't think you wanted to sell parts. And I said, Well, sometimes you just do what you know. You know, you just you got to do what you know. And I. I know how to sell parts. I still blame you for that, Dad. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. So he, I think he was proud of it. A little, I might have been a little perturbed that I waited until he sold his business and decided to do it. But, yeah, right. But uh, I think he was proud of it, you know, because uh, he taught me that. I worked in the shop, you know, sh- boxing up stuff and putting shipping labels on it, and out the door it went. You're know? like me. I mean, if I can't do it the hard way, I'm not going to do it at all. So you go ahead and sell that one, and I'll do a complete startup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mine has a computer. Let me tell you that right now. Mine has a computer and a website, and his didn't have either so <laughs> plug that one more time tj's tj's racing yeah tj racing dot net yeah yeah so it's it's just uh it's consumables you know it's uh if race car there's more to driving a car than driving a car well there's more to running a car than just money there's a lot of parts that go into it so we gotta you gotta get you gotta feed that thing stuff to keep it going Wonderful stuff, man. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about those guys that you drove for. I'm not gonna put you on a point uh and 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 say who was the best to drive for him. My guess is everybody had had something different, something special. But of Schumacher, Bernstein, Perdome, Gibbs, what was the biggest difference? I would think, you know, Gibbs is one way. And uh, uh, you talked about Al Hoffman. I mean, I just see those two guys being completely at opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was big. That was big difference. Yeah, I mean... Joe Gibbs was my first foray into uh, being a hired driver, and, and the way he ran his team was unbelievable. You know, I mean, uh, I, th- I think a lot of people can learn a lot of things by watching what he does, and, and, and they run a, a, a nice program and a, and a very first-class professional. I'd learned a ton, you know. Uh, I'd never been to a sponsor a seminar. You can bring all your sponsors in and have a little meetings together and, and open my eyes to a lot of things, you know. And then, then to go to, like, like you said, Al Hoffman, where I had to uh, – put my fire suit on in the back of the tr- in the trailer with their uh, dog i'm not sure i think maybe a pit bull or something sitting there going you know looking at you, you know so it was a little different yeah but uh it is it's interesting every everybody runs their operation a little different everybody has a little different personalities and you know perdome uh, he and i have always clicked you know he's he's one of the most intense competitors you'll ever meet but and he will yell and scream at you and and, and tell you how screwed up you are and then slap you on the back and say okay we're good let's go have a beer you know and and he was he supported you both ways and we've we've continued that friendship for years and bernstein was 100 percent business everything had to be meticulous very very nice everything 
the appearance was was almost as much as winning the race. You know, we had to be starched jeans, and you know, I mean, it was everything perfect. And and Schumacher is a a businessman as well, and and he's uh, his his method was to drive you harder and harder and harder, and once every five years give you a, a attaboy, you know, and you you had to earn your attaboy really hard, you know, and uh, and there was times that you think, man, this guy doesn't appreciate anything I do, but he did, you know, it's just he his different way of trying to motivate you and, and make you better, and um, they all all different in their own ways, and it, it was you had to learn to adjust and and, and as, even as yourself, what motivates you, you know, sometimes you'd almost have to tell them like, hey. That doesn't work for me. You know, I, I, I'm tired of being beat down. I don't get better by being beat down. Sometimes I need a little support, you know. So um, you, have to, you have to learn and be able to uh, work with your owners and, work and, and get everybody on the same page. And team chemistry is a big deal in racing. I think that's where uh, I'm kind of proud of being able to try to help build chemistry amongst guys. You know, we, I've had some really good crew guys and really good teams, and it's, they don't happen by accident. You have to try to work at that and, and – uh, get everybody along these guys live together i mean they they're more than their wives most of them so uh you have to really work at uh, building a team and a team chemistry and they have and, their girlfriends yeah you know you, you turn your eye to some things and you, know, you pat them on the back for others you know <laughs> i was uh i was taught very early on actually brett kepner uh was the one that offered this first piece of advice to me when i was first starting off in the career which was no news is good news in our world meaning as long as they don't say anything to you, okay, you're not getting the pat on the back. You're not getting the attaboy, but you're still working. Your attaboy is you're doing the job, and, and your attaboy was you got to put the helmet on and, and climb in the car. You were still doing your job, and for them, that's basically saying, we're happy with what you're doing. You're going to get to do it again. Hey, you know, and- he's, a, he's a driver. You're making this weird now. <laughs> no, 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 because the phone would ring on Monday if you weren't doing your job. If you didn't do a real, have a really good weekend, yeah, no. they would call Monday and just say, hey, um, how's That's how's why I say going, no news you know? is good news. Whenever yeah. whenever they're talking to you, something, it's probably not good. <laughs> right. Yeah, when you pull your phone out and you go, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's, uh, if the phone wasn't ringing, life was good. We'll be right back after this. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Rhino Classifieds. Tired of all those ads and random stuff that shows up when you're looking to buy or sell your car parts? Rhino Classifieds was created just for you. Welcome to a streamlined buying and selling app created by racers for racers and race fans. Modified cars, classic cars, race cars, that special big block you need. The trailer to move your baby around the country in. We got you at rhino.co. So talk to me about the future, man. What's coming up in 2021? What do you see going forward? You've played this game for a long time, seen the sponsors come, seen the sponsors go. You bobbed, you weaved, you managed to stay in the game. But it's always tough, especially when uh, when you have big sponsors that become lifelong friends, that relationship that you, that you had with those people. Uh, that goes away. What lays in front of you now? Where are you going? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. I mean, it's it's tough right now. I mean, uh, it's, it's no secret that uh, it, you know COVID and all the pandemic has made uh, things a little bit difficult for everybody. And um, I'd, I'd certainly hope something uh, would come along. You know, but uh, I'm just going to be patient. You know, uh, last time I think was four, you know four years, almost five years in between rides. But I did you know a bunch of other stuff in between them. So I'll keep busy. I've got a, a couple people. Uh, maybe you've asked about testing a car here or there or, or and, uh, running some other cars. I've talked to the people in Australia about going back down there and running. But keep working on it. Keep trying to secure something. And, you know, I'm not – second place leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You know, and it's like, yeah, I've had a great career, but, man, I was second. I was that close. And it uh, it leaves a little fire in you. You know, it's like I don't want to – I've had a great career, and I can walk away anytime. No, I don't want to now. You know, I want to do it again. I want He's to... got 20 more years, yeah, I'm, I'm telling like, you. Force is proven. If you're that. finished well, sixth, it's like, yeah. all right, whatever. But yeah. to be that close. <laughs> be real close. <laughs> it, it, to be real close and then be out of a ride, it's really aggravating, you know, and it's yeah. like it drives you a little bit. So, yeah, I'm going to try to put something together, and then you never, you never know what lies ahead. You know, it, uh, hopefully something will come together, and, and we can get back out there and run full time. and. You know, it's 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 a lot of years on the road and a lot of travel, and, and uh, I enjoy my time at home. I actually had a really good time uh, during the uh, quarantine last year being at home and doing this stuff, and something I'd never got to do my whole life. You know, I was like, wow, this is unique. This is what people do every weekend. So, <laughs> it, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed that. So I could, I could see me doing it, you know, for a while longer, but... I mean, I don't know if I want to be like John Forrest and be 70-some years old and doing this. You know, I mean, it's right. it's a lot of time away and a lot of time with traveling, and uh, I got to hand it to him. You know, I don't I don't know if that's what I'd want to do, but uh, certainly got He's several. wired a little different. Yeah, he is definitely a little I mean, and, yeah. and I don't mean that in a bad way. No, by, he just and, is. Uh, no slight. His yeah. passion and his love for the sport is like no other, and his love for the business of the sport is like no other. I think he thrives as much on, I mean, the sponsorships that he's had to go from Ford to Chevy and uh, and the companies that he's had from oil maker to oil maker and I mean to to replace those with I uh, with competitors yeah. you know that typically would have would have yeah, yeah I mean it's amazing yeah. and I think that's just as exciting to him as getting in the race car oh absolutely you know and and 
you know, that's what he lives for, you know, and that's what's keeping him going. That's why, you know, he, you wouldn't know he was at his age right now because no. he, that's what drives him. And that's what keeps him young. And, and I feel the same way. I mean, it's, it's, I went to a class reunion and I thought, wow, what happened to you people? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's racing that keeps you young. I mean, it keeps right. you going and it keeps you thriving. And, yeah. and, uh, I, I don't want to lose that. I want to keep going. And, and, uh, so hopefully something comes along, we get back in the seat. And in the meantime, I'll, I'll stay as active as I can and, and jump in something uh, here and there. And, and uh, you know, drive whatever. But I mean, I've driven about every class there is, except for one or two. And I'm not sure I want to drive either one of those. But uh, you know, I I don't care. I'll, I'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. So yeah, it's uh, future's wide open right now. Just waiting to ride it. You have a preference? Uh, can you tell a difference uh, between quarter mile and thousand foot? Not really. You know, I mean, I, mean, I know initially when it initially happened, of course happened, you're going to feel it, but I, I can tell you this, I would not drive one of our cars nowadays to a quarter of a mile. There's no really? way, you know, there's just, it's, it, it's not safe. It's, it's definitely not safe. You know, I mean, it's hard enough to get these things stopped now at a thousand feet instead of going to a quarter mile and losing that 320 feet. And, uh, the, the speeds that we're running are incredible, you know, to a thousand feet. I'm running, I ran faster to a thousand feet than I ever have in my career to a quarter of a mile. So uh, which just, is which is amazing how they caught that up with yeah. the shortening of the well, they, track. Well, not wild. only that, but if you recall, I mean, they went from uh, 100% nitro, right? Yeah. Back to 90%. 90% and yeah. it choked them back for, it took them a, took them a minute to figure that one out. Yeah. But. The, every, it's, you, know, the, you know, racers in general will... You, you tie their hands behind their back, and they figure out how to get them free again. You know. Well, I've uh, always said those guys that are working on them are rocket scientists that just decided to play with cars. Yeah, you start looking at little things and little things, and it's all of a sudden the little things make a big thing, you know. And and you start putting four or five little things together, and that, that equals a big thing. So. Well, I always thought it was it was kind of cool because they could never use all the power. I still can't use all the power. Consequently, the the clutches that you guys use, but. Now they just say, okay, well, we'll back this thing up and we'll go one-to-one a little bit sooner and we'll start making up time that way. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, the technology. And, and like we've had always had a lot of power. And, you know, these things making 11,000 horsepower, but how do you use all that? And the technology and the clutch and how they've uh, figured out how to apply that without slipping the tire and accelerate the car faster. And, I mean, t- these things go zero to 100 miles an hour in less than a second, you know, so... Uh, it's, it's a ride that I don't want to give up. I mean, it's an adrenaline rush off the chart. So it's, uh, the hardest thing as a driver to do is stay ahead of the car because you're accelerating so fast it being able to think faster than the car is moving. And, and that's what I give advice to the new drivers is you have to be, get comfortable enough to be ahead of the car and you have to think faster than that car is because uh, the advice I got when I started was if you think it moved over six inches, it moved six feet. You know, they're accelerating that hard. So, yeah, it's a it's an unbelievable rush to accelerate these cars that fast. And everybody says, how fast can they go or how quick can they go? You still got to leave the start line before you get to the finish line. Other than that, there's no limit. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, that, But the story, a good one that you're talking about, uh, something funny was Antron talking about when you have a wreck. And, of course, Antron may be just a little animated. Because it hits you so hard, you go, ah! Like, oh, it just took off. Like, ooh, there's a 60-foot clock clone. Oh, it's getting through the jiggle. Oh, Lord, right. it's coming up on the tire. Oh, oh darn bump. They can't fix this track. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, what <laughs> the <laughs> hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> and then you get the half track, and you get the trans. It's like, ooh, oh, it's hooked up. It's like, oh. <laughs> God, dog is starting to spin a tire. They had to put this fresh paved asphalt down, and they couldn't let it season in. Right. You know I mean? Everybody thinks in drag racing, well, how hard is it? You just go straight down the track. 
the last thing a thing wants to do is go straight down the track, and it especially in a funny car. The, yeah. Funny yeah. cars are all over the place, and it's if if my car goes straight, it wasn't because it was just a. <laughs> it wasn't because you wasn't doing anything. That I was working to keep it straight. You know, I mean, that's in the funny car and a dragster are night and day difference to drive. You know, they're totally different animals. The funny car you never stop steering. In the dragster you telling yourself don't steer, don't steer, don't steer. Uh, the tire shake stuff. You where where do you feel that first? You feel it in your hands? You feel it in your butt? Ah, uh, your head usually. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, so there's no warning. It's no you just, warning. You whatever. just feel it directly up at the top. of the Yeah, seat. I mean, in your butt and in your head. I mean, it just beats your head side to side. It's, and it's a weird thing to describe to people what tire shake is, you know. But it's actually the tires trying to run over itself, you know, and it's running over each tire and they doing it independently, and it's just taking your head and beating it right. Yeah, when you say maybe a better description is it's actually folding under. Yeah, itself. folding under. It's trying to run over itself. It's folding under there. And it's uh, it's brutal. It's very brutal. It's it's. And, and it, what does that cause from? Uh, well, it's, it's multiple things. It can be either too fast, your wheel speeds too fast, or it can be wheel speed too slow. It's too stuck to the track. You actually want those big rear slicks to be slipping. They don't. You do not want them stuck to the ground because then the tire can't get out of its way fast enough. So it needs to just be slipping. Can't be spinning, but it's got to be so slipping. Don't run, so don't run new slicks every time. Yeah, don't run new slicks. Yeah, well, only at nighttime. Night run, you got to have because the track's really tight. You need a little slip. So. And it blows me away. You say that, and, and we chuckle, we laugh, because everything else in the, in, the, in the racing world, you want a new tire. But I can't tell you how many times I've walked up to the back of a fuel car, and you can see where the edges are blistered, and they'll go out there and make another run. I'm like, how's that even possible? <laughs> yeah, yeah, new tires just, they don't have the grip that a, that a heat-cycled tire does. You know, you, you would only run a new tire at nighttime, you know, when the track is really tight and we want a little wheel speed. And if your track's hot during the day, you'll want a tire that's really sticky. So you, you get one that's been run, you know, several runs or, you know, at least one. In yeah, I mean, you see the tire, it looks, you can see where it's just the heat's been in it, where it's like purple. Yeah. On the edges of it, it's like. Whoa. And just to clarify for the fans that, that maybe aren't used to the terminology, but you say when the track is tight, it has a ton of grip. You want a new tire so it will actually have a little more slip. Yeah, you want it to slip a little bit, you know, you, and the track's really tight. And then when it's hot and sunny out, then you want a tire that's got some runs on it so it's a little grippier so you, you have more grip because uh, the track will give you your slip then. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a science. I mean, down to the tire, even tire size, you know, I mean, they're all the same, but yet when they come out of the mold, each set's a little bit different size. So we, we would have on hand uh, at least six to eight sets of tires, and we run a shorter tire if the track is, is tight. If we run a little oh. taller tire if it's a loose track. you know. So we'll, we can vary that uh, with air pressure and stretching the tire a little bit. We'll sit out in the sun and stretch it, make a bigger set, keep some that are small, keep some big in the middle. So we will, uh, we'll change set of tires uh, just based off of track conditions on how much wheel speed we think we're going to have at the starting line. And clearly a matching set. Last thing you want is one size. Of, uh, yeah, big. that's a that's a big thing. Yeah, you want them, and, and I'm yeah. sure easy to do. You <laughs> yeah, know? it's 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 not a sprint car. There's no no big right. No rear. stagger. Yeah, no stagger. Yeah, you want to make sure they're even. Yeah, he's got three inches of stagger in that funny car. Ugh. Yeah, this thing's pulling to the left real bad. I can't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had a cylinder out, but it's just rear tires are off. Yeah, so much technology inside of that sport, and and that's what I really love about it. The deeper you get into it, to see just how good these guys are, and it's always amazing to me. You know, when it, when I was a new dad coming into karting with my son, you want to throw the kitchen sink at it. Oh, he's he's off the pace. You know, we need to do this and this and this, and the good guys are like, let's just do this little thing over here. You know, we're not that far away. But if you're new to it, you want to throw the kitchen sink at this thing. And it's amazing how much difference those little bitty 
increments we'll make the kitchen as you guys pick away at the it. kitchen sink and a pocketbook. Yeah, yes. that's what you <laughs> yes. really want to throw yes. at. Yeah, your uh, wallet and the kitchen sink. Yes, yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Man, great stuff. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I, I know you're close to town, and, and we'd love to uh, to have you over here more often. Absolutely. Thank you for everything you've done, all the memories you've made, and uh, the good times you've given us all along the way. I know you were having a good time in the car as well, at least for the most part. Yeah. But uh, we appreciate what you've done in your career, man. It's it's pretty special. Yeah, there's nothing more fun than hitting the throttle and then pulling the chutes. Yeah, it's 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 all about you know the uh, the acceleration and then the decel. Awesome stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Johnson Jr. here on The Skinny. And now you know The Skinny about him. Hopefully you find some sponsorship. We see him back out there doing what he loves to do best in 2021. For Rico Elmore, I'm Ken Stout. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being with us here on The Skinny. This episode has been brought to you by Toyota, Rhino Classifieds, Dream Giveaway, and General Tire. For the latest in sunglasses, optical frames, accessories, and apparel, be sure to check out fatheads.com. That's fatheads with a Z. Production facilities provided by Fatheads Eyewear Studios. All rights reserved. Dedicated to the memory of Tommy Johnson Sr. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.